Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Liberators Network podcast. I am Christian Verwijs, and in this episode we're going to talk about technical debt and how to deal with it in Scrum. And let me just begin by expressing my sincere hope that you're safe, that you're healthy and that you're well, and that you're also able to get some work done at home, because right now I think 40% of the planet is at home, locked down. It's a weird and strange time, isn't it? Barry and I have spent the past weeks also locked up at home. It's given us a lot of time to write our book, The Zombie Scrum Survival Guide, together with Johannes Schartau. I think that's the upside of all of this, at least for us. But it's so strange to know that doing all this work with Scrum teams, with groups of people, it's going to have to be virtual for a while. And that's different. That's quite a different experience from having, say, 30, 50 people in a room and just work together to solve problems. And I miss that, to be honest. And I hope that there will be a time later this year when that's possible again. Let me just express that hope and um, also emphasize that we'll continue recording this podcast, that we'll continue writing blog posts and hosting some virtual meetups. So if you're interested in that, just click on some of the links that are in the show notes. But before jumping into the episode, I want to take a very short moment to thank four new patrons that signed up for patreon.com and are supporting us financially in making this content possible. The first one is Jan Kees van Buiten. We have Rishi Markende who joined, Ton Sweep and Peter van Eyck. Thank you for your kind and generous gifts. It's really pretty incredible. Now, if you also want to support us financially, and this can be as small or as large as you want, you can go to patreon.com with the link that I'll share in the show notes. It's just a simple way to support us. Barry and I love creating content like this. We do it for free if we wouldn't have mortgages and other things that we have to pay. Um, But if you support us, it makes it easier for us to find more time to create this kind of content. So if you like this episode, please consider becoming a patron. And now let's move on to the actual episode. How to deal with technical debt in Scrum. Technical debt is one of the greatest frustrations and demotivators of the development teams I've worked with, and for me as a developer as well. Teams generally have no difficulty coming up with examples of technical debt in their code base, from shortcuts in the code, to low quality code, to temporary but not really workarounds, and other hacks that may bring a short-term solution but guarantee long-term headaches. Development teams are often acutely aware of this accumulation of technical debt, but they also feel powerless and unable to explain why technical debt should be a priority on the product backlog. Instead, they feel that business keeps adding more features, overtaking time to stabilize the foundation. In this episode, I offer four practical tips on how to make technical debt more transparent and how to help the business make a better trade-off between code quality and adding new features. The first tip is to use powerful metaphors. And technical debt in itself is a powerful metaphor, so use it as such. The consequences of writing hacks and workarounds that help us now but hurt us later are very abstract and incomprehensible for people who are not developers themselves. They simply lack a useful mental model to understand technical debt and its consequences. Continuously emphasizing that a certain module should be improved or that a certain class is bad code is not going to create that understanding. In fact, it will probably put you in the person who always complains category at some point. 
Metaphors are powerful tools to create understanding in people who do not have all the knowledge of software development themselves. Technical debt is such a metaphor itself. It was originally coined by Ward Cunningham and further expanded on by Martin Fowler. And it equates the writing of low quality code to incurring financial debt. When low quality code is written with the promise of improving it later, technical debt is incurred with the promise of paying it back later. But the nasty thing about debts is that you have to pay interest. And the greater the debt, the greater the interest that you have to pay. Until you find yourself spending all your time dealing with the interest. And in the case of technical debt, the interest represents the time that you spend or waste on dealing with the fallout of the technical debt that you've incurred over time. And this includes bugs, code that is hard to understand and or change, code that easily breaks and security risks that show up in your code because you never checked. Sometimes we're okay with some technical debt and the resulting interest, but more frequently we're not. And um, there's a nice visualization that captures that difference quite poignantly, but I'll put that in the show notes so you can take a look at it. But it basically shows that as teams incur technical debt over time, the amount of time they have to spend in struggling with the complexity and the debt they created at some point exceeds the amount of time they can work on actually adding new features. So at some point, if you're doing a really bad job, all you're doing is basically firefighting and trying to resolve the technical debt and you don't have any time left for adding new features. The second tip is to take responsibility as a development team. Some development teams feel victim to the way that the business keeps prioritizing new features over improving the code base. While on the other hand, holding the development team accountable and responsible for bugs, broken code and the results of technical debt. In their eyes, the development team can do no right. An important step is to stop acting like a victim. As a development team, take responsibility for maintaining and improving code quality as a team. This is also the reason why the Scrum Guide so strongly emphasizes that development teams are responsible for code quality. Use the tips in this episode to put technical debt back on the agenda and make it transparent. I'll give you some tips on how to do this later in this episode. Push back when you as a development team feel that code quality is dangerously sacrificed in favor of adding more features. Also make sure that any estimates that you create as a team includes all the work that you need to do to write sufficient quality code. When necessary, extend the definition of done with aspects related to fighting technical debt. For example, you could say that code coverage should at least remain stable when new features are added or code should be in accordance to the coding conventions that you create as a team or as an organization. Always make sure that technical debt is part of the dialogue with the product owner, your stakeholders and the broader business, but also be empathic to their needs because sometimes it is important to deploy something really quickly and other times it's less important to do so. The third tip is to use code metrics to quantify technical debt. Metrics are really a wonderful opportunity to make something subjective and abstract as code quality more objective and tangible. It also gives you a measurable goal to improve towards, and several metrics are very useful to do that, at least in my experience. The first metric is called cyclomatic complexity. And this metric quantifies the complexity of your code by analyzing the number of branchings in your code compared to the total number of lines of code. 
An if-then-else statement, for example, has two branchings. A switch case statement has as many as there are cases. And generally speaking, the higher the cyclomatic complexity is, the more difficult it is to maintain your code, simply because it's harder to understand what's going on. Now, the second metric is code coverage. And code coverage is the percentage of your code that is covered by unit tests. Now, a lack of unit tests in itself is a source of technical debt, as unit tests both document and verify how classes are supposed to work. Most IDAs and continuous integration servers can calculate code coverage for you. And going for 100% should not be the goal here, because that can easily lead to a lot of useless unit tests that take a lot of time to maintain. Instead, it's better to focus on unit tests for important business rules and classes that have important logic in them. And a good rule of thumb for me is to make sure that the coverage stays at least the same when new code is added. The third metric that I find helpful is called the SQUALE rating, and you spell it as S-Q-A-L-E. This metric offers a broad evaluation of software quality based on a number of internal rules, and this includes cyclomatic complexity. The scale goes from A to E, with A being the highest quality. And most specialized code quality plugins can calculate this rating for you. A fourth metric is the number of rule violations. This metric calculates the number of rules that are violated by a given set of coding conventions. And violations are usually grouped into categories from critical to minor. Most IDAs have this either built in or you can download plugins to do it for you. A lot of developers, for example, will be familiar with FXCOP, the rules that are used in Visual Studio to do this. Another metric is the cost of delay. And this is a mostly manual metric that helps you make visible how much time a team loses due to technical debt. And in the uh, show notes, there's a link to how to calculate the cost of delay. And finally, I always think that bug, bug count is also important. As technical debt increases, the quality of the software tends to decrease. And the number of bugs will likely grow as a result. So monitoring the number of critical bugs that pop up is a simple but useful metric to track. And it also creates urgency in everyone around the software because, well, having bugs is just not something you want. Now, these are just some examples of tools and metrics that are available to quantify technical debt. Most of the tools are based on static code analysis, and you can run them from within your IDA or from your built and integration server. One example of those tools is NDepend. It's a plugin for Visual Studio. I'm a .NET developer myself, and it offers a boatload of metrics, and it includes the SQL rating, the percentage of technical debt incurred so far, and actually translate it into a number of days you need to repair this, and obviously that's a rough estimate. Endepend can also generate a heat map of the classes that are prime candidates for refactoring, and I've always found it very useful to pinpoint where more work is needed. The Visual Studio IDA itself, starting from professional editions, also offer a number of built-in metrics like cyclomatic complexity. Another option is a platform called SonarCube. This platform easily integrates with most CI pipelines and IDAs and automates a huge number of code metrics that includes the SQL rating. Now, the most important point to make about all metrics is that they are rough and imperfect, but that's no reason not to use them. The metrics do help people understand the consequences of technical debt, and it does help them make more informed decisions about code quality. 
teams that frequently inspect these metrics, at least during their sprint review, tend to have excellent and balanced discussions about technical debt. And that's a far cry from the lack of understanding that often characterizes teams that don't use these kind of tools to support their conversations around code quality. The fourth and final tip is to make technical debt transparent on the product backlog. Don't hide technical debt from the product owner or from stakeholders. Instead, identify specific improvements, estimate them if you need to, and suggest them for inclusion on the product backlog. This can include code refactors, bug fixes, and other quality improvements, but also the implementation of one of the metrics that we covered in this episode. Treat this work, these items, just like other items on the product backlog. So break down large items as needed and help the product owner order them. This helps the product owner make a conscious decision about how to deal with technical debt. Another option is to agree with the product owner to set aside a percentage of time in a sprint to deal with technical debt as the development team sees fit. Although I've seen that work quite well, there is also a risk that technical debt still remains invisible to everyone outside the development team. So make sure to create items for the specific improvements and put them on the sprint backlog during the sprint planning to keep this transparency. And that brings us to some closing thoughts. Low quality code is frustrating and demotivating for many development teams. The keywords are transparency and responsibility. Explain the cost of low quality code by using the transparent metaphor of technical debt. Make technical debt visible in the code using a variety of objective metrics and frequently evaluate them together. Finally, make technical debt visible on your sprint backlog and product backlog. Don't hide it from the product owner and the broader organization. But transparency alone is not enough. Development teams should also take the responsibility for reducing technical debt. And in the Scrum framework, they have this responsibility. While balancing the needs of the stakeholders with the quality of the code, they should prevent the accumulation of technical debt over time and explain how and why this impacts stakeholders. Together, they can create amazing products. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Liberators Network podcast. I really hope you learned something new about how to deal with technical debt in Scrum. Maybe this is an episode you can share with developers that you work with. And if you like the episode, please give it a thumbs up or like it on whatever platform you're listening on. And we hope to see you again for the next episode. Have a great day. Stay healthy, stay safe and take care.